I'm Jordan Spieth. Welcome to The Open. The greatest championship. There's nothing that comes close to this. Feel nature's true test at Royal Troon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Royal Troon. Don't miss the chance to be at the 152nd Open in 2024. You can't get it better than it is right now. Apply for tickets before the ballot closes on Tuesday the 25th of July at theopen.com. You're listening to The Open Podcasts. Hello and welcome to the 151st show presented by Loch Lomond Whiskies. It is all over. Brian Harmon is the champion golfer of the year. I'm Marcus Buckland. I'm delighted to have Sophie Walker, part of the Open Radio team. Rob Dinwiddie, also part of the Open Radio team. They were both out on the course for most of the afternoon and they are very relieved that we are doing this particular podcast inside in the media center. And by the way, the uh, Open champion, Brian Harmon, is uh, just over there. The world's media are listening to his every word and shortly we'll hear what he's had to say. Let's just start by talking about the conditions. We've been told it was going to be the end of the world all week and, and finally today it did feel a little bit like that. Um, what was it like for you and how do you think it affected the players? Well, as soon as I came in, I went back to the house and got a shower. I was soaked through. It wasn't too cold out there, but it became cold because everybody, everything was so wet and there was no wind out there to blow the weather away. It was there from the very first tee shot. Every time I thought, where's the blue sky? No, you couldn't see it. It was just a day of miserable weather. And I couldn't believe when I saw Brian Harmon without a waterproof jacket on. Tommy Fleetwood didn't play with one either. It was sodden out there, underfoot. The ball was still flying its normal distance, maybe half a club off. But with no wind, the course was there for the taking. However, it was, it was hard to hold the grip. You could see players with the towels trying to dry the grips. Harmon had seven or eight gloves. It was like a pro shop under his umbrella. Mm. That's what made it difficult. It was just trying to keep hold of the golf club. Yeah, I've heard you say actually, Rob, that when it rains, you you hate being restricted. And and some golfers are are clearly more affected by these sorts of conditions than others. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, when you've got a caddy out there, a good caddy, and you've got the big tour bag, and you can put a few extra towels in there and keep things dry, and you're able to, well, basically just let your caddy end up being a totally drowned rat because he never gets the umbrella, and you just hog the umbrella yourself all day long. You can almost get away with just sort of jumping out, hit your shot back under the brolly, and yeah, the the for me, the fewer layers on as possible, so you felt like you could still make a free swing at the ball. Yeah, and and to be fair he forgot to bring any other clothing so he's still got the same shirt on that he was wearing all day the the shorts that we've been treated to all week but you're a brave tough man Newcastle fan so you know how to deal with adversity and so clearly does Brian Harmon and what was interesting well many things were interesting but one noteworthy aspect was how he started slowly again today like yesterday he went two over quite early on got it back exactly the same thing happened today so his resilience has perhaps been the the most notable aspect of, of all his wonderful characteristics this week would you agree of his entire career he's five foot seven 
doesn't hit it as far as most. He's, he's always there or thereabouts, never particularly gets it over the line, but wins a lot of money out on the PGA Tour. And I think yesterday won it for him. Obviously, the round of golf that he shot, but he started poorly. He was playing with the local hero, Tommy Fleetwood. Everybody was supporting Tommy, and he fought back. And he, and he still held that five-shot lead going into today. So if the same thing happened this morning, he knew exactly, or this afternoon, sorry, he knew how to handle it. Mm. And that Saturday afternoon helped him this Sunday afternoon because it was a carbon cut. I've been here before. I've been here before, and it all worked out all right. And Scott Tway, his caddy, massive shout-out to him. He said he, not only was he keeping him dry, but he was like a psychologist out there. That's Bob Tway's brother. So Bob Tway played many PGA Tour events. And you need to feel like you're not alone out there. It would have been easy for him to feel that. Tommy Fleetwood's playing Rory McIlroy, home favourites, and, and he wasn't, but he just kept in his own bubble. People were wondering if it was going to burst. He might have done, but it didn't. And he played this golf course like a chessboard. That's all Matty Adams was saying all day. He's played it like a chessboard. He never put a foot wrong. And he had that glorious experience of walking up the 18th with a six-shot lead. And we'd seen during the week the likes of JT and Phil Mickelson taking nines when they got into trouble in the bunkers. He could have taken a nine. It is still one comfortable. It doesn't get any better than that, does it? No, it's not. I mean, to be able to really soak that in, you could tell he still actually had quite a game face on until, until he splashed the bunker shot out. Once he was on the green and within 10 feet of the hole, um, he was able to finally then enjoy it all i'm sure he did enjoy that walk certainly a little more when you when you know you've got five or six shots and only one or two but it was still kind of all business until he actually got the ball on the green and then you could tell he kind of gave his caddy a bit of a i don't know sort of slapped him on the chest or something like that it's like we've, we've done it um and yeah what what a lovely moment um i'm sure he and his caddy will be probably enjoying a few I think so, yes. Well, wait, he did say immediately afterwards he'd have a couple of pints out of the claret jug and the weather wasn't affecting him because when he gave his uh, victory speech, he said, I don't need an umbrella. I'm wet enough already, who cares? Well, as I mentioned, he, he's still over there. He's chatting away. Let's uh, get a little flavour of what he's had to say. You know, I've always had a uh, self-belief that, that I could do something like this. It was just, you know, when it takes so much time, you know, it's hard not to let your, you know, your mind falter. Like, you know, may, maybe I'm not winning again. I'm 36 years old, game's getting younger, all these young guys coming out, you know, hit it a mile and they're all ready to win. Like, when is it gonna be my turn again? And um, it's, been, it's been hard to deal with. I mean, I, I, I think someone mentioned that I've had more top tens, more top tens than anyone since 2017. So that's a lot of times like, where you get done and you're like, I had that one. I, it just didn't happen for whatever reason. So, um, yeah, to, to come out and put a performance like that together, like start to finish, you know, just just had a lot of control. I, I don't know why this week, but I, I'm very thankful that it was this week. Well, what a wonderful night he can look forward to. Then he's going to travel home, see his wife and his children, party time, I think, for a few days at least. What about his playing partner today, Cameron Young? I suspect that his putter, or the putter he's been using this week, may never see the light of day again. It just refused to cooperate, didn't it? Yeah, no, I know. And well, everyone that's been out and followed him playing this week within our team has said how impressed they are with his game. 
Um, I remember particularly, uh, I think it was Matty describing how he teed the ball up so low on the 18th tee and just smashed it straight down the middle, not trying to even cut it off the bunkers or work it away from the out of bounds. He just absolutely hammered the ball down there. So, yeah, clearly playing really well and by the seams of things, likes Lynx Golf too, second in the Open last year. Is that tied? tied he, he's well, top 10 anyway, that's yeah. for sure. I think um, he's yeah, so yeah extremely good player and yeah the, maybe there is a maybe there is a chance that putter might not make it out onto the golf course again but i think if someone had said to him two months ago you're going to be in the final group of the open he wouldn't have believed them it's not been a great season for cam young he's not putted well yeah. and it, he, it's been a good week overall for him i think it's a shame what he shot today but you got you got to look at the positives from where he's been most recently yeah it's funny actually because Obviously, Scotty Scheffler's been struggling with his putter as well. He, he came in with a four under par 67 today under the radar, so maybe he's going to sort some things out. But high-profile Americans needing a putting lesson or two. Now, Sepp Stracker, who is going to be coming, I think, under a, a lot of uh, prominence ahead of the Ryder Cup, he had a two under today to eventually finish at seven under. And for a little while, he was knocking on the door. But like most of the main contenders, and this was the case yesterday as well, you take a step forward, and then invariably you take a step back as well. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to follow Sepp round today. He played some very, very good goals, especially around the turn. Hit it in close on nine. Um, did he make that one? I'm trying to remember. Yes, he did. He did make birdie on nine. Then on ten, two lovely shots down there on the long par four. And then he did, and then he missed. He missed a shortish putt. I think he'd got to he'd got to eight under, and then he missed that shortish putt, and it just felt, you know, fell down. After two great shots, after actually having a birdie chance on that hole, he ends up dropping a shot. Then he birdied the next, but he couldn't quite get going. But I think we talk a lot about some of this putting stuff. Brian Harmon's also putted exceptionally well, so he's made everyone else look really mediocre. You know, in the rain you know hammering down rain or wind not easy to hold every putt probably most likely you're going to miss one or two four or five footers in all those conditions during the week but and they did okay maybe they haven't putted their absolute best but Harmon has made them look even even worse with how how well yeah, he putted yeah, he was magnificent you can probably hear the rain by the way still hammering down on the media center roof. Do you think Sepp Stracker is the sort of guy who will thrive in a Ryder Cup environment? He's a little bit all or nothing. And, and what I would say from Sepp Stracker is he's proven a lot of us media folk wrong by saying, well, he, he either wins or he misses a cut. He came into the FedEx playoffs last year. He'd missed so many cuts in a row and then played brilliantly. He'd a recent winner on the PGA Tour and you thought, well, yeah, he's had his win now. Now he'll go off the boil. And he hasn't. He's contended, well, other than Brian Harmon, but he's been up there at an Open Championship. This arguably secures his spot on the Ryder Cup team. He's pretty American for an Austrian. He's lived out there for, for most of his life. Georgia Bulldog, the same as Brian Harmon. And yeah, I, I like the idea of having Stracker on a Ryder Cup team just because he makes a lot of birdies. So a good four ball player. Yeah, OK. Now, we also have to mention Tommy Fleetwood and, and nothing was really happening for Tommy today. And then when it did, it was the worst possible thing. That par 317 that actually hadn't claimed as many victims as we thought it might at the start of the week but it got Tommy 
big time today, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And we, we were sort of saying earlier on that he'd, it was com the, the previous three holes on 14, 15 and 16, he had hit, played really good golf and hit, hit the ball close. 10 foot was the longest one that he had the previous three holes and he didn't make any of those and then possibly just pushing a little bit harder on 17 the pin was at the back slightly overly aggressive carries it over the green hits the bank shoots down into the wasteland yeah really really frustrating day for Tommy yeah he ended up with a triple bogey then to be fair to him he bounced back with a birdie on 18 for a top 10 finish John Rahm in the top 10 as well interesting week for John because rounds one and two pretty quiet to be honest today was pretty quiet yesterday he suddenly popped up with that eight under 63 so how's he gonna reflect on his week at Hoylake do you think the the 63 lowest round recorded in an open at Hoylake so it just shows how well he played he needed a bit of luck yesterday afternoon with the weather and he never got it I think we thought he was going to get it when he signed for his 63 the wind had got up the rain had started coming and then it and then it never and the likes of John Ram, they need they need a spark. They need something to hold on to, and I think Harmon, being five shots clear, it's a tough one to go into the final round and try and chase. We know there's only one player that's ever blown it. We know that one player, John mm. Vanderbilt. We don't mm. know all the others that have won it. And Ram's playing for first spot. That's all he cares about: majors and being first. And when you're not in that position, maybe you can take your eye off the ball a little bit early on first few holes don't go to plan entering the back nine gets to the point where yeah top 10's okay that looks good on the wikipedia page but he's not bothered no win or bust basically now what about victor hovland who started the day at five under par and dropped five shots on the front nine got three of them back on the back nine but that's a another frustrating final round for him isn't yeah it? no it is very frustrating um because he you know but he almost it was a bit like that from each round I think wasn't it he'd go through a patch of going backwards and you know I talked a bit about the emotional roller coaster that this course is sort of or, you know showing up this week a few bogeys and a few birdies you know Harmon just managed to keep the few bogeys off his car didn't he so yeah frustrating for for Victor two years in a row being you know there or thereabouts but not quite managing to put it together on the Sunday no now talking of frustration of course brings us to Rory McElroy and uh champion of course in Hoylake in 2014 won the PGA a few weeks later it's now going to be at least a decade between major wins if, if he can get something next year and he, he got off to such a fast start again today so how do you assess his 18 holes well if you look at Rory's stats the first round 28 puts average and then by the time he gets to the fourth round it's 30 puts and that's what I was expecting today to be fair he didn't play great but he putted well. And how often does that happen in golf where you, you play well, you hold nothing, then you play great, and then you, you, know, you, you never get the two together. And today, he had an opportunity on nine. He knocks it, he knocks it very close on nine, 12 feet, to go four under through the turn. And I think if you got within three of Harmon, there was a chance it. Harmon was wobbling, and he only made power on the fifth, and murmurs were going around the golf course, but Rory stalled having only parred nine. He went to bogey 10, and then he didn't hit a good approach into 11. 
and that's look that did not cost Rory McIlroy the Open Championship you know it, no one was in contention today other than one man and he's in that media room now doing well, the interview I should just point out actually that um the world's media were listening to Brian Harmon and then they heard that Sophie Walker was giving her assessment of Rory McIlroy and they're all crowding round now for your words of wisdom. I want to ask this one obvious question to both of you and it's, it's an impossible question really, but it is now 10 years or it will be 10 years at least since Rory won his last major title. Is he going to win another one? Yes, yeah, I, I think he will with the way he plays golf um, he's the longest hitter on tour. He's he's up there week in, week out, and even in majors he is now. It's not like he has peaks and troughs in his career. When Rory's playing badly, he's still playing unbelievably well. But, but he needs to win a major or one of the other three before the Masters. I believe he's got to win the PGA, the US Open, or the Open before he gets that Masters one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can't believe it's been a decade. I'm sure he can't. It's incredible. But we can't we can't say that he's not gonna he's you know, he's only thirty four, he's got another ten years at the top of the game in my opinion. Do you agree with that? Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Yeah. I think that he clearly um, you know, watching all the golf this week, hundred and fifty six great excellent golfers, but he does just stand out somewhat in that top echelon with you know, just a handful of other players. He, he, he is. You can see why he's always up there as a top ten player in the world. Um, and he's, yeah. But no, I wouldn't have believed. He wouldn't have believed it would have been ten years. So he gets another one. But I do. I think, yeah. He, I think he will win another one. Well, as Maury Medill told us at, at the start of the week, it's eating him up, and uh, it's going to continue to eat him up for a little while. Now, oh dear. Name that I don't like, the player with one L of a name, Emiliano Grillo. What was he like today? Good. Managed the golf course well. Hung in there when Rory was starting to march. He hung, hung on to his coattails. And then he played wonderfully well on the back nine. The guy's best finish is 51st in an Open Championship. So, you know, today was a, was a, a bonus for him. And he's got Caddy James Baker that has, has done really well on the European Tour. They came together and recently won on the PGA Tour. I think it's really important that, you know, we see South Americans do well at the Open Championship, just like we saw Sharma yesterday when mm. I was watching him for, for the Indian contingent. We, remember, this is a world game. And, and yeah, Grillo is good. Like, I, you know, it doesn't hit it that far, but he... he he managed the golf course well today. Yeah, well, he scored well. Three under today, six under for the championship. That is a tie for sixth place. Now, I think that you both need to make a personal apology to Tom Kim, who was written off during the podcast after the second round. He was written off again last time. In fact, I remember your quote, Robert. Why are we talking about him? Well, I'll tell you why we're talking about him, because he shot a four under today. Uh, he, he, at one stage, he, he looked as though he was going to put a little bit of pressure on Brian Harmon and yet apparently these conditions don't suit him, Sophie Walker. Well, when we gave the podcast, uh, was it Friday when we were talking about it, that it was very windy, very linksy, and I thought if it rains and is blowing a gale, then Tom Kim might not manage it very well. We didn't get the gale, we just got the rain. So that's why I will back myself there. And you said, would, could he win the Open? And I said no. And, and I believe at that top of that leaderboard, oh, it's gone now, but I don't think he won. No, However, he good experience for him. A young lad that is, is building his game globally. 
and uh, an exciting, an exciting young talent that has come out of come out of Asia, smashed it in Asia, and came onto the PGA Tour and set it alight. But another guy that is a bit like Cam Young has been a bit quiet, so mm. this finish will be good for him. Yeah, okay. I won't even give you the chance to backpedal on what you said yesterday. Instead, I'll ask you about Jason Day who of course we all know is a major winner, a world number one. Certainly having watched him this weekend for the last you know, few months, I think there are genuine signs that he's really getting it back. Two under for the day today. So like Tom Kim, he finished at seven under par. Do you think we're on the cusp of seeing great things again from the Australian? I actually, I really, really do. Yeah, he, he's been to a really tough time over the last three or four years and just, but you can see how hard a worker he is. He is just, I remember seeing one little interview where he was having, I think he was almost texting Tiger and trying, how, how do you keep your right arm in front on the way back or something like that? But he's just like absolute golf nerd, loves it. Just absolute golf addict, let's say. And he's worked really, really hard at it, struggled a bit with his fitness and things like that. Um, but has really started that has really been reaping rewards recently has won again he won on the PGA Tour he this did. year yeah. that'll be huge for his confidence and you I was lucky enough to follow him on the first day I think it was and he you know he is a classy classy player very meticulous a great a great role model for any a young golfer to go out and watch how he's you know got a, such a, a a solid pre-shot routine where he you know and he's big into his visualization and and those kind of things and uh, yeah I, he looked really 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 good out there this yeah week. he was another player who was was very frustrated with his putter again today you've mentioned Sharma who is leading the way for Indian golf and goodness me if you could tap into that territory then anything's possible really oh yeah yesterday out there his fan club, you know, the diversity of people out there. It was so cool to see. And they were right up against the, the, the fence or the rope, should I say, all leaning in like Shabanka, high-fiving. It, it, it's brilliant. We've got it a little bit in the women's game with Aditi Ashok. She came fourth at the Olympics and got the message from the Prime Minister on Twitter. It, it's happening in India. And the likes of Shabanka doing stuff on a world stage like this it, you know, there will be a time where we'll have some great Indian golfers towards the top of the world rankings. And rather closer to home, the 27-year-old Wirral Wonder, the qualifier, Matthew Jordan, struck the first tee shot at 6.35 on Thursday morning. His last shot on Sunday afternoon was a birdie putt, which he converted for a top 10 finish. I mean, he knows the course but he must have exceeded his wildest expectations this week, Rob. I wouldn't say, I mean, he, but he's done it extremely well, yeah. I mean, and finishing the in the top 15, he's yeah. back. He's yeah, he in is. the Open next year, which is pretty, very, very cool. That would be something to have a beer about tonight as well. I think he's done, he should give himself a massive pat on the back because to come out on your home course you're expected to do well or you know this course you should get it round you should that adds pressure and to hit the first tee shot that's quite a probably quite a pressured moment too and he's yeah showed some real class to put four very good rounds of golf together and yeah finish in you know in the top 15 and be automatically in the open he won't have to qualify next year tied for 10th and we should just mention matty southgate who was in your shoes 
this time last year he just managed to qualify and he put together four very consistent rounds a, a tie for 23rd yeah Matt will be you know he'll be disappointed not to finish in the top 15 but also really really good week for him um, it looked like when we looked at the stats that he was playing really good enough golf to be right up there tee to green and the putter wasn't particularly hot for him either yeah that's a putter goodness me the doors are opening and I mean the thing is the weather's not great but they've said now that the open's over we can go and play <laughs> do you fancy nine holes no oh come on no no that is bouncing now you're a, you're a spoil sport. Uh, must also mention the winner of the silver medal, the leading amateur, in fact, the only amateur who made the cut, Christo Lamprecht, who, if you recall, was one of the joint leaders on Thursday night. He shot a 66. Didn't quite go as well as he hoped for after that. Made the cut, at least. Those got the silver medal. Six for eight. Hits the ball a country mile. What might we expect from him in the future? The amateur champion around Hillside, the fact that he's got the silver medal, he's led the Open Championship, that's going to be important for him to get in starts when he eventually turns pro, picking up some sponsorship. And there's been a fair few good South Africans that have done all right at the Open Championships. Ernie Els, uh, Louis Tazen. So, yeah, like I, I like to see different styles of golf and, and, yeah, he's got some different styles of golf. OK, well, well that's... Uh almost it in, in terms of general memories from this week it's been great having you as part of the team Rob what, what's uh, going to live longest in the memory for you it's been you know my first visit to Hoylake beautiful golf course I've really enjoyed walking around that every day um, realizing how good a golfer some of these guys are that's definitely something to take away um, I think maybe hopefully picked up a few little tips to take away from my own game. Um, I had a lot of fun doing this, even more than I hope, thought that I might have done. Um, and yeah, I'll definitely I'll be in a. I, I hopefully I'll get back to to Hoylake sometime yeah. sometime soon. Well, we don't want you in the team next year, but that's only because we want to be reporting on you again. And so, for, uh, aside from getting up. And very close and personal to Adam Scott on more than one occasion and um, giving Tom Kim a hard time. What else is going to live in your memory? I think my week peaked early, uh, same as Tommy Fleetwood's, watching him shoot five under par to be joint leader at the Open in, in one of his home Opens to see the support. It was a beautiful day out there and, and to watch him walk down 18. I just kept hoping that that would be the walk on Sunday and I'm sure he did, but the reception that he had He's had a good week. I just, oh, I wish he'd have just played. I wish he'd have won. I really do. I haven't seen him shoot five under. We thought maybe it was written in the stars, but that's not golf, I suppose. No, it, uh, it isn't always quite what you want. But listen, it's been an absolute pleasure working with you guys. Sophie Walker, thank you very much. Robert Dinwiddie, thank, thank you, you Marcus, very thank much. You. So Brian Harmon is the champion golfer of the year. Of course, everything now leads to Royal Troon in 2024 and uh, we very much hope to see you there um what else should i say well david now david's fancy camera i don't know what I, has he dropped it or something he, he's he's got a more traditional one tonight i think maybe his arm got tired or i fear that the lock lomond whiskey's finally caught up with him and and he just put it down and he'll, he'll never see it again but thanks to the guys they've been brilliant getting us so many uh, pictures. We hope you've uh, enjoyed our coverage. Uh, please uh, remember to 
check out the podcasts uh, in your usual manner with your usual providers. I said receivers, I think, last night, or suppliers, your usual providers. And don't forget, you can watch us on the Open's YouTube channel as well. Uh, and that's it for the 151st show presented by Lock Lomond Whiskies. We'll see you again soon. Bye for now. This has been an original audio production from The Open. Euphoria of being the AIG Women's Open Champion. Welcome to golf, opened up. Golf's most international major. World-class players, food, fun and live music, including a performance by Ellie Goulding. You don't want to miss this incredible event. Get your tickets for the 2023 AIG Women's Open at Walton Heath at aigwomensopen.com.